Hi everyone and welcome to Truth Over News. Once again, it appears that the science of COVID and its origins is science that is conducted only among small groups of insiders behind closed doors. Newly released government emails from early February 2020 reveal that additional secret teleconferences took place amongst a close-knit group of Fauci-funded scientists in the early days of the pandemic. Up to now, we knew of the February 1st secret teleconference that had been convened by Fauci. We also knew that scientists at the February 1st teleconference privately concluded that the virus most likely came out of the Wuhan lab. And we knew that by February 4th, those same scientists had written a paper that dismissed the lab leak theory. What we did not know is that those same scientists continued having secret teleconferences to discuss the virus's origins, even after they wrote their paper. At least two of those conferences were attended by Fauci himself. The new emails were obtained by the transparency group US Right to Know, but as is now the norm for Freedom of Information Act requests from the federal government, the emails are almost completely redacted. Piecing together the newly released emails with other emails that were released earlier, we can now put together an updated timeline of events after the initial February 1st secret teleconference. The timeline proves beyond any doubt that while Fauci spent the early weeks of the pandemic pushing hard to seed the natural origins narrative, Fauci and his group weren't as sure about the origins as they publicly proclaimed. Much was already known about Fauci's secret teleconference on Saturday, February 1st. That meeting was urgently convened after the magazine Science published an article late on Friday, the previous day. The article, which looked at the emerging pandemic, was largely innocuous, but crucially, it included a link to a 2015 study authored by the University of North Carolina's Ralph Barrick and by the director of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, Shi Zheng Li. Barrick is the godfather of gain-of-function research, which aims to make viruses more potent. She, of course, is the bat lady of China, who spends her time hunting and modifying bat viruses at the Wuhan lab. Based on the original SARS virus, the 2015 study used reverse genetics to engineer a chimeric or synthetic virus that expressed a coronavirus spike in a mouse-adapted SARS backbone. To put it in layman's terms, the 2015 experiment could well have been a precursor to creating the COVID-19 virus in a lab. In fact, the 2015 virus created by Barrick and Xi could have been a direct prototype. The danger of the 2015 experiment was immediately clear to members of the scientific community that followed these developments. Only days after the experiment was published in Nature magazine, a number of scientists publicly expressed their grave concerns about what Barrick and she were doing. Professor Richard Ebright of Rutgers University showed incredible foresight when he told Nature magazine that the only impact of this work is the creation in a lab of a new non-natural risk. Ebright was sadly proven right. There was no scientific benefit from what was being done, only downsides, with the biggest downside being that new and highly potent viruses might leak from the labs where they were being created. 
This was a big problem for Fauci, because he had funded barracks and cheese experiments, as was prominently mentioned in the 2015 article. To make matters worse, the Fauci-funded experiment took place during the Obama administration's gain-of-function moratorium, which had been put in place after another Fauci-funded scientist created an airborne version of the H5N1 avian influenza virus. That virus is highly lethal, but thankfully does not transmit efficiently between humans. By making it airborne, scientists were playing with fire, and the subsequent outcry led to the moratorium. Fauci bypassed the moratorium by farming out gain-of-function work to China. He later denied having done so, but documentary evidence, specifically an email from Fauci-funded scientist Peter Daszak thanking Fauci's organization for allowing the work to go ahead, proves otherwise. Fauci knew he was in big trouble, and his push to cover up the real origin of the pandemic started immediately. First, he emailed a copy of the 2015 study to his deputy, Hugh Auchincloss. Hugh, it is essential that we speak this AM. Keep your cell phone on. Read this paper as well as the email that I will forward to you now. You will have tasks today that must be done. He then set out to hold his secret February 1st teleconference to make sure that all the major players, including major funders like the Wellcome Pharmaceutical Trust's Jeremy Farrar and key virologists, were all on the same page. Those virologists privately professed to Fauci that the virus probably came out of the Wuhan lab, but they all initiated a very different public messaging strategy. By February 3rd, Fauci-funded scientist Christian Anderson, who had just told Fauci in the secret teleconference group that some of COVID-19's features potentially look engineered and that the virus was inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory, was out in Washington, D.C., telling the National Academy of Sciences that the main crackpot theories going around at the moment that the virus was somehow engineered with intent were demonstrably false. Anderson went on to tell the National Academy of Sciences, including President Trump's science envoy, that the virus was absolutely definitively not made in a lab. By the next morning, February 4th, Anderson had drafted an article that roundly dismissed the lab leak theory. As previously released emails show, Fauci himself helped shape that article. Of course, none of the actual science changed within 72 hours. The only thing that changed was that Fauci needed to cover up the true origin of the pandemic. And by this point, it wasn't just because of Fauci's own involvement in funding the work that most likely created the pandemic virus. There was also a connection to the Chinese Communist Party. As revealed by Freedom of Information emails obtained from Harvard University, on February 2nd, just one day after the teleconference, Fauci was contacted by the dean of Harvard Medical School, George Daly. Daly was forwarding a message from the CEO of China Evergrande Group, the Chinese property empire that is currently teetering on the brink of collapse. The CEO had a very odd request for Fauci. He wanted to know whatever information Fauci might be willing to share on his efforts to coordinate a response to the virus. Fauci knew to take this matter offline and only replied that he would respond by phone. Not much else is known about this saga or what Fauci's reply to the CEO of Evergrande was, but what is known is that 
two days after Fauci received the CEO's message, Evergrande donated $115 million to Harvard Medical School. Then, on February 7th, as we just found out, Fauci's scientists from the February 1st teleconference call had another secret call about the virus's origin, which was very odd given that they were so publicly and loudly proclaiming that the virus came out of nature and that it was impossible that it could have come out of the Wuhan lab. We know this because one of the participants at the February 1st teleconference, Pharmaceutical Trust Director Jeremy Farrar, wrote Victor Zhao that all theories were under consideration. Farrar mentioned Eddie Holmes as looking into these various theories, which again is very odd because Holmes had by this point already co-authored the February 4th paper together with Anderson, which categorically dismissed the lab leak theory. It was Farah's second outreach to Zhao, the president of the United States National Academy of Medicine. That's one of the three academies that make up the National Academies of Sciences, the body that Anderson had just told that the virus was 100% natural. Farah was obviously trying to make a point because he had sent a similar email to Zhao earlier that very same day. While the entirety of the text attached to Farah's email has been redacted, piecing together the various emails released over the past year, it becomes clear that while the natural origin theory was being fiercely pushed into the media and the public, that view did not reflect the private view of Fauci scientists. Unfortunately, we are once again blocked from seeing what it was that these scientists were discussing privately, as every single word of their discussion has been redacted. The redaction code used in this case by the federal government is B4. B4 is an exemption to the government's freedom of information obligations, specifically on trade secrets grounds. But this seems like yet another fake excuse. What sort of trade secret involves a bunch of Fauci and therefore government-funded scientists discussing the origins of COVID-19? Further, the law clearly states that the B4 exemption cannot be used to shield evidence of unlawful activities, fraud, waste, or government mismanagement. At a minimum, Fauci's cover-up of the pandemic's origin falls under government mismanagement. But as ever with these freedom of information requests, we find ourselves in a catch-22 situation. We cannot prove that government censors lied about the B4 exemption unless we see what is behind the redactions, which we are not allowed to see. What we can say for sure though, is that despite the redactions, this latest email release once again proves that Fauci's natural origin propaganda had nothing to do with science and everything to do with covering up the truth, both for himself and probably for the Chinese Communist Party. Thanks for joining us in today's episode of Truth Over News. Real investigations, real analysis, no narratives.